welcome back everybody. I hope you're all doing well and getting set for Christmas. Got DJ Big Al on tonight. Um, some really, really good stories about um, how he developed into the, the DJ that he is today um, and the kind of hard work that he put in to get there. And an absolutely bizarre story about Snoop Dogg. Um, can't wait for you all to hear it. If you can give the page a wee subscribe and any comments are always appreciated. Thank you as always to Paul at Let Me Repair for the continued support and also to Dean Fleming at Dean Fleming Mortgage Brokers. Please get in touch with him if you've got any mortgage needs at the moment and get him on Instagram. Cheers guys. Ow! Wasn't it you're here? I know, mate, I know. We've braved the elements, but we're, uh, we're in a By the way, it. for, for MD watching, we've braved a, a monsoon to get into this studio tonight. Um, as I touched on a wee bit before we came on, I would never have thought a DJ would have so many controversial questions fired into me. Oh, really? The night. Mate, I was honestly concerned that there would be no questions. No. So people are just like, nah, this guy's just... It's Glasgow, mate. There's nosy bastards Whoa, everywhere. So you're going to drag me through the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> Trigger um, me. <laughs> honestly, we'll, we'll, we'll cover them at the end. We'll always go okay, through the guest okay, ones no at the end. But DJing, obviously, massive industry, massive everywhere in the world. Was it something that you wanted to do when you were at school or where did it start? So, see, throughout this, I'm kind of terrible with dates or fine. time periods. I'll kind of try and... I'll try and reference something around there that makes it but before I left the house I said to my wife I went I went can I ask you to work out a couple of dates because she, mm-hmm. lo- she loves like mental arithmetic right mm-hmm. I went what age was I when my dad turned 50 right, right. and she went 6 she worked out not that quick that makes her sound amazing <laughs> but, right? so she did the song she went you'd be 6 and I went that's when I knew I wanted to be a DJ and she went that's impossible and I was like no as I know so that was my first inkling it's a it's a it's a long story and I can condense it if you want to hear that because I think it's bizarre. Go for it. <clears throat> so my brothers are older, right? Right. A good bit older than me, right? And my brother at the time met this girl and she already had a son. Mm-hmm. So he came up to my house because my dad was having this big bash. He's 50. So it was the first time I was meeting this kid, this English kid. <laughs> so we used to have a shop across the road. It was like a chip shop, but they sold videos. It's classic. <laughs> and uh, he goes over and he's like holy shit, they've got this film. Right. It's called Breakdance. I don't know if you know this film. When it was released in America, it was called Breaking. Right. Right. He's like, we need to see this. But he's a good few years older than me. Mm-hmm. He's When I say that, he's maybe like, maybe nine or something. So right. he's older and he's like, right. you need to see this film. And it was basically like, it's a pretty cheesy movie, but it's it was, it was the first commercialized movie about breakdancing. Right. <clears throat> and long story short, there's a scene where the guys are battling and there's a guy scratching mm-hmm. and I just remember this is this is I remember seeing it and thinking don't know what this is six-year-old kid I was like this Aye. is cool right and I figured I could make the same noise as the guy scratching if I took a felt tip and put it on a bit of paper right so I would I would what so when he left and he went back to England I would just say to my mum can we go and get a video and she's like no that thing again and I was like, get breaking, break dance. And I would just watch a thing. And I, it's so bizarre, me. I'm such a weird kid. And I would literally get a felt. Like, I remember you used to get a big, like, Crayola felt tips. Aye. And I would just zig zig. Like, I would, as if I could make the same noise Aye. as the guy. And then I just, from then on, my mum and dad had, like, they would have records because that's what you had at the Aye. time. And my dad was like, oh, I'll show you how to put a record on the, mm-hmm. on the thing, you know, this, the hi fi thing. 
and he would he's teach me like, oh, you need to be careful. So like when I was like maybe seven, eight, all that, I would be like, oh, I'll put the records on for the when people came around, all that. So I kind of that's a wee bit of a classic story for like DJs of a certain generation. I'm just like obsessed with like just records, mate, and putting needles on. And then the to skip forward away from that, so that would be the first time I was like, mm -hmm. this is struck a chord. Right. And then you'll probably we, we must be the same age, roughly. Yep. We'll just ballpark that. <laughs> uh, then through high school, I was buying records, different stuff. Mm -hmm. And then like Happy Hardcore came yep. in high school. And M8 Magazine came out. And I got M8 Magazine because I just thought that's where you would read about hardcore. Right. And then I seen, that's when I seen photos mm -hmm. of things like Resurrection and, right. and FUBAR and like all these things that were happening quite close to home yep. and then seeing these names like Scott Brown and Mark Smith and Hicks, you know, mm -hmm. and I was just like, like, this is it, man. This right. is wh whatever they're doing, just need to get. And I, I remember showing my dad, like, the thing, the the turntables, and he was like, oh, so you need two? And I was like, I think so. Right. So he just got me two, two, just got me two record players. And I was just, I, I mean, that's not the same thing, but Aye. I just, for a period, I was like, Aye. I'll play this record, then I'll play this record. Aye. And so, mate, it was honestly like such a, it's like from such a young age, I was just like, I need to be the guy who has the most music, right. more than all my pals. Aye. And then when I first got turntables in high school, I was like, right, I can make my own tapes. Mm -hmm. And then I was just that, mate. Like I did, I would do my school discos, not. Aye. And that was, that was the first time where I was just like, right, man, I'm like, this is not the status, but I was just Aye. like, but there's a good couple of hundred people in front of you. Aye. And, I can do this. I can play this mm -hmm. and take them there. I can play a slow one and get everybody winching. Do you know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm the captain here. And <laughs> that's probably the, the hard, that's the thing that gets you hooked. Aye. It's like this thing of like, right, I'm controlling this, this thing. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's what I would say. I'd say about when I was f about 13 in third year, I was like, I, that's when I started saying to teachers, I'm going to be a DJ. Aye. And they were like, it's not a thing, mate. Kind of, kind of, do you know what I mean? Aye. Like, or, ah, you could do weddings. I was like, I'll not be doing weddings. I'll be right. doing resurrection. Do you know what I mean? Did you, that's that's what I was going to ask you. Obviously, you you think of a DJ and you automatically mm -hmm. think of functions, but do, were you already looking past that and think, no, I want to play in these clubs and then play for these venues? I think so, and... mate. I think so. Don't get me wrong. See, whenever we would go, my family would go to a party. I would, I would, <laughs> if you're, I'd be like, can I go and talk to a DJ? And they, see, now that I'm, <laughs> now I'm that guy, I'm like, please don't bring your kids over at any gigs. <laughs> But they would say, what are you going to ask him? And I'll say, oh, I'll say, I would say if he's got, um, I remember being at a, f a function, a family thing. And uh, do you remember that when The Simpsons brought out music? And The Simpsons Aye. was a thing. It's a song called Do The Bartman. Do The Bartman. Right. What a tune. And I said, Jinky, who I have Do The Bartman. I'm just, I think what age Aye. I must be. They're like, you can go and ask him, take over this wee, like, adorable ginger kid. <laughs> and I said to this guy who had just cases of 45s, he played Do The Bartman. And he said something that I would probably say, a version of it, I went, it's no, he said, it's not really for this crowdy man. But mm. I tell you what, take the record. I thought, holy shit, he's going to give me Do The Batman. Do you know what he gave me? He gave me a seven inch record and had the Batman logo on the front. And it was Prince, the song Prince did for the Batman soundtrack. Right. So being a nice kid, I went, oh, thanks a lot, mate. And I'm just like, this is not Do The Batman. <laughs> Let alone, I get it home and I put it on. And that was probably the first time I'd heard Prince as a kid. And I was like, this is fucking unreal. <laughs> And I was like, I don't even think, like I'm saying, I can't picture what age I must be, Aye. but you can kind of think. So from that point on, I was like, who's this guy? Aye. My dad's like, oh, that's Prince. 
I was like, where can I get more Prince Was Bart Simpson to Prince? Mate, I just graduated. I was like, get me more of this guy's shit. <laughs> and we go to like our price and try and find like fucking Prince records. But I mean, I, I definitely had seen DJs in the setting of weddings. Mm-hmm. But once you see, once I was, there probably was a, a you know, that's a, there's a, there's probably a period where I was, you know, 10, 11, then I mm-hmm. got to school. But once I'd seen that, like, I mean, those events at Ingolston were like, Aye. it's insane, me. And then you could get the videos, you could get these, like, you know, kind of cheap looking VHS. Obviously, Aye. the guys were probably filming with the best of gear at the time. You just watching, I was like, what is going on here, man? So what what and buy the tapes. Mate, same deal, like, you know what I mean? And that's, that's how you, because, eventually I, I got you know like a fully working set of turntables where mm-hmm. it was like right i should be able to do what they're doing right i had to deconstruct what i was hearing on the tape mm-hmm. to learn how to mix because Aye. there was no i mean there was no there was no dj school right it was just like literally a kid just going listening to a tape and going hey, my shit doesn't sound like that why not and just trying to deconstruct Aye. it but mate what I, that's why i'm terrible at football that, i always tell mm-hmm. people that because like I would just get home from school and just play records and try and work out how these guys were doing what they were doing just from like you're saying just listening to these mix and the best thing was the mixes were always like recorded live somewhere so these clubs became like you know like like, oh man where are these places where's room at the top and you find out it's in Bathgate man you're like all right (laughs) you think it's a different world (laughs) I know mate you know what I mean I was like oh mate I want to get Bathgate someday do you know what I mean and when Obviously, you you're at school age and you're thinking about it. When did it then start to become a reality for you? Well, see, would it? So I remember kind of like getting to that end of, you know, end of the line, mm-hmm. and I I mean, see, I wasn't like, I now in retrospect, it was just lack of application at school. Mm-hmm. Like, I think most people as adults realise that any of us could go back and pass any higher. You just need to read the stuff. Aye. And for all intents and purposes, you just need to remember what it is and regurgitate it back. There is a certain understanding of physics and maths, but really, when you think back, you're like, man, I could have any uni in the the country. Mm -hmm. I just had, I just didn't have, but it's about interest. Mm -hmm. And I was just preoccupied with with music and stuff. So I was looking, uh, actually, that I used to go to the unders at Archaos. Mm -hmm. And again, that was me seeing firsthand, you know, a guy controlling a room mm-hmm. and it would be like djs like cammy and like uh, billy reed like playing hardcore and i was mm-hmm. just like this is incredible and i remember somebody told me oh cammy goes to college for music mm-hmm. and i didn't even know cammy as a dj Aye. i just knew him as like a mythical figure i was like you can go to college for i was like whatever he's doing must be cool because mm-hmm. he's cool so there was a careers day at the motherwell civic and they took us over there and they had this thing they were like oh he does it at stowe college and i went i went to the stowe college thing and i went what's this music course and they gave me this wee card <laughs> right and i remember taking it home and it was like an hnd in music and audio technology showed it to mom and dad and they were like is that what you want to do and i went i th- and i think i can get in and they were like right just do that mm-hmm. and they were i i guess i kind of took a back step for the dj because there was no really there was nothing to do there was Aye. no it's not like you could get on the circuit as Aye. a kid really unless mm-hmm. you were one of these like I mean, even the boys that were doing the unders were probably 17, Aye. 18, but I was just like in that weird period of like, can I monetize this? Aye. Other than like, I'd get, or occasionally I would get asked to do like a daft party somewhere mm-hmm. and they would give me like 50 quid, but Aye. um, it was like, so I was like, right, that's not as a stopgap, but at that point I was 
you know, I was like, oh, I could maybe work in a studio mm-hmm. or this could be a career path close to what I'm doing. Right. And I went to Stowe and I loved it, mate. I learned like recording bands. I learned like a lot of kind of production stuff and met some cool people. And then there was an opportunity after Stowe to go straight to Paisley Uni, which is now University of the West of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And if you did a year there on this course called commercial music, right. you, they would give you a degree. Right. And I was like, scoosh that, man. Like, no bother. Because I'm like, it's called commercial music. <laughs> so some guy came down from like UWS and or Paisley at the time and was like, oh, this is what we'll be doing. I was like, Pfft. and he said, mate, people always say lie to me. If I go, DJing's a joke. I've got imposter syndrome. They say, oh, but you've got a degree. I'm like, my degree had no formal examinations. Mm-hmm. I didn't sit one exam at uni. Right. And there was no day that started before 10 because they wanted it to mimic the music industry. People music industry feel like Googling this. Aye, mate, <laughs> if it's still going, if you want a degree, if you want something hanging your wall, go for it. So I did that, squished it, yeah. So I was like, right, I'll come out and I'll need to graft and try and get a job in a studio mm-hmm. making tea. And I was out of uni briefly. And I was tinkering with software and I was making mashups. Right. I popped mashups and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if somebody played this? Sorry if I'm just running through no, a, mate, tra- a timeline here. Not at all. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if somebody played my mashup in front of a big crowd? So I thought, right, what I'll do is I'll go to a nightclub mm-hmm. and I'll find out who the DJ is and I'll ask him if he'll play it. And all he has to do is just let me know if it went good or right. bad. Right. I, I don't see at that point. So this is, so I went to uni 17, 18, 19, 20. This is probably about, I was about 20 or 21 by the time mm-hmm. I was getting my shit together. Like to do something like that. I'd never been in a nightclub, other, never been in a nightclub <laughs> other than unders. I'd never, I didn't go clubbing because I just, it wasn't in my, I don't know. You think a guy was in, I just was obsessed with DJing, but I never went to clubs. It seemed like a big scary step to go to the More town. the actual craft than, than being in the nightclub. But I knew somebody who was like loosely PRing for a club. And uh, I'll tell you, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell a cautionary tale, right? <laughs> there was one DJ that I could easily identify as being a big deal in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't name him. Right. Right. And I thought, I can get to him. I know how I knew how I could get physically to him and give him my shit. Mm-hmm. And I took this CD and it had, it was like, it was like in the club by 50 Cent, but it'd be a different beat. Right. Okay. So I was like, cool. So I, I see him going in his work and I run up to him. And I'm like, yo, I was like, oh, eh, I've got a CD and it's like mashups. I'd love it if you could just play it and eh, just let me know if it's good or not. Mm-hmm. And he went, oh, I'm not looking for DJs. And I went, no, no, I'm not a DJ. I don't want to be a DJ. I just want to, I'm making things and I'd love you to try it out. Mm-hmm. I said, my number's on it. Just if you can just text me and let me know if it worked or not. Right. And he was like, I've got guys doing stuff like this, I know. And I was like, I was just like, dude, just take the fucking Aye. CD. Just tell me, <clears throat> just lie to me. And I was just, I got back in the car and I felt so dejected. I was like, I was like, what? What's the incentive Does he not even take it off your hand? He did take it, but it was like a struggle. I was just like, Aye. I was like, just be a, just be cool. Aye. So I did my next stop. I was actually going out on a night out mm-hmm. and somebody was like, uh, somebody I knew was like, oh, we're going to go to the tunnel. We know some of the PRs were definitely getting in. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, I'll take a couple of these CDs, man. <laughs> so I took a couple of CDs, right? And uh, I don't know if you're ever in the old tunnel. You used to have a big uh, cage door at the back. Aye. So I did a couple of scoops, man, and I was like, right, I'm going up here. Bang, 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 bang. And this guy comes to the door, but an older guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right. And I was like, listen, mate, this is mad, but I've made this CD and uh, it's like mashups. And I don't know if you could, uh, 
play it and see if you like it and just mm -hmm. let me know my numbers and hang and he went ah cool i'll give it us i'll give it a listen mm -hmm. so i go back and i'm on a dance floor and having a dance and i'm like so i roll back up and i'm like bang 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 he's like all right and i'm like did you get a listen he went i kind of listened to it when i'm working right. mate and i went oh i thought maybe you would just <laughs> i thought maybe you would just take time out of your light bang <laughs> it on the headphones and go this is the greatest shit i've ever heard play it right in the middle of your light so he was like listen I'm, he's like i will listen to it and i'll let you know if it's good or not <laughs> so i'm like fuck it man it's like i had a mad night just like let's just mm -hmm. have a good one and so we're all getting a taxi back and my phone went mm -hmm. and i'm like hello and he's like oh it's martin from the tunnel i was like all right and he was like listen to your cd man he's like it's banging man come in next week and i was just like honestly mate, i was just like holy shit man i got off the phone and i was like that was the fuck, that was the mad guy from the tunnel he says we can go in next week and like he'll put us in the guest list and he wants to talk to me and then that was it mate that was the first guy i'd met it was a guy called martin heskiff and i went in and he was asking he was like look i like these kind of things and i'm looking to do stuff with artists and maybe you could be the guy to help mm -hmm. and then he went do you dj and i was like ah, yeah, i do but i can but I, right. I don't if you know what i mean i don't really play anywhere and he was like but you've got records right and i was like yeah yeah and he was like we're always looking for guys to do like the first hour because mm -hmm. nobody wants to do the first right, hour he's just quiet i was like oh fuck, i'll do that man and that was that mate he was just kind of like he's like we do wednesdays at cube come by and do the first hour and you know i would just brought along records and see back then when you had records like just the fact you had records Aye. somebody was like you must be serious then because it's like it takes time it takes mm -hmm. money you need it takes leg work you, you know what i mean you just thumb through your records and go some good shit here Aye. so you'd like it was a kind of write a passage you just mm -hmm. you're they knew if you were legit straight away and then i just kind of i just kind of dj'd like those nights and i met that's how i just met loads of right. the, o, the ogs do you know what i mean that was like me it was like and i always think like from uni i did have this grand plan of like right i'll go in at the ground floor as you do i'll just like mm -hmm. i'll literally go in and be like look i'll let i'll scrub the boots and right. make the tea and then i just was kind of i had to go back to mom and dad and go i think this dj shit's going to kick off again and they were like and i explained who i was meeting and they were like oh it seems like you've somehow infiltrated Aye this like djing dynasty which right. was like martin and chris heskiff and they were just like they were just they brought me through so quickly and my what why i told you that first story i was like it's the absolute polar opposite right. of my first experience it was a guy who was just like this guy it'd be better to have this guy with us than against us Aye. and that's what you know and and what so what i would say is martin was the, the father chris was the son mm -hmm. me and chris are roughly the same age and he was just kind of like at that point he was like this is the guy chris needs and chris is the guy he needs and right. he kind of put us together right. and that's when we just we just went we're, we're, we're off but the first I mean, interaction could have could have ended it for you if you went off oh, me if i never went to our club it was it was honestly so disheartening but you know it was just one of those things where i was like you know I'm, you've got to, you've got to persist man right. you know what i mean i was i was quite confident that what i'd made was right. it had some value right. And I was also just still waiting for somebody. To, if it didn't, I just wanted them to hear it because mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of like improve what I was doing. Right. I just wanted someone to go, ah, it's good, but it could be this, it could be that. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, why not go and ask the guys that are actually right. doing the clubs? You right. know what I mean? But I mean, two, two totally different. But I mean, if you never know, the first guy, if he was nice, my, I could have went down a right, whole different, totally path. different path. If I plot my whole, my whole DJ career back to that mm -hmm. point, I'm glad that that fork in the road went Aye. the way it did and i met those guys because they were just like my speed do you know Aye. what i mean on a interpersonal level and just like 
the the kind of things that present itself in the really early stages of my mm-hmm. DJ career that made me realize like do you know what I, I should just go all in all right. on this you know what I mean Julie you still get that first CD somewhere kicking about mate this is like adorable man but like my um, obviously back in the day see the first, the first see when you get your name in a flyer physical A5 right. or A6 flyer mate I was just like buzzing there. Right. and they used to use my real name that's enough fucking funky story <laughs> I'll tell you that in a minute about the big owl thing but uh no so my dad used to keep all my flyers like right. a proper like right. dad and, and I still have this mad folder which is like this time capsule and he used to keep all my old CDs and again I still I'm so glad he did right. it's not like the, 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 the digital era where everything you know you can just archive go back mm-hmm. through your SoundCloud and find right. like people always say to me oh I had a mix of yours like from 2004 I'm like I still got it man if you want I'll rip it and put it up like oh mate we used to listen to that going out and i'm just like i like lisa i get it because as soon as you put it on it's maybe like 10 15 20 tunes on it it takes you straight back to that that era and then you realize it takes me back and i'm just like man remember when these were the hits man that's and you've got to kind of i'm glad my dad is that kind of like archivist you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but uh now that i mean you've got you progress obviously (laughs) and your ability to make but In terms of selection, you know, that's what that's the main thing is when you listen to these old CDs and you think like, man, these were the twenty biggest tunes Aye. of two thousand and three. And some things that are like you just you just never hear. They Aye. were club records. Aye. They weren't radio records, Aye. they were like our records for mm-hmm. DJs and clubs. They didn't really go mainstream, but they were we knew the impact Aye. they had, you know. But I mean? you used to I remember back then when you used to go out and I think the only reason I never drunk until I was twenty two. Mm-hmm. So when you went out and you, you, you heard a song you're like fucking hell where do you get that and see yeah. because it was like a mix you didn't get it anywhere and you go into hmv you know it, like, it goes like this yeah and then mate, this comes in and the guy's like ah, fucking mate i mate, don't it's honestly, original it's such a like you know it's i've got this thing of like not wanting to sound like the old guy Aye. but i don't mind because i'm still here i'm still doing it and these times are so it was so cool and it was there was it was so romantic see what you're saying Imagine you go to a club, right? And you go, you hear something mm-hmm. and you're like, this is, this is the shit. Right. And you can't get in the DJ's ear to say, what is this? Right. You can't Shazam it. You can't even Google the lyrics. Right. You get nothing. So how do you hear it again? You go back to the same right. club on the same night, hoping right. you hear the same DJ and you might go to him and the, the best thing you say, can you play that one that goes, da, 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 and the guy's like, Bruh. and then eventually it clicks. Aye. Oh, I got you, mate. And you just, you're Aye. on that dance floor. And st- he starts mixed it in. And you're like, tell me, this is the one, this is the Aye. one I was telling you about. 100%. doesn't exist anymore. Kids Aye. put me up in records. What's, do you play this? I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, give me two seconds. I'm like, when did it come out? They're like, oh, Drake just dropped it six hours ago. I'm like, mate, I was having a nap before I came here. I don't have time. <laughs> it's just old, when it went digital, hundreds of stuff just changed because, you know, it, it was such a, it's much like what happened with, you know camera equipment right. and digital, just the whole landscape of it as a job changed mm-hmm. because the point of entry was just it was different you know right. you didn't have to financial investment wasn't the same and the curation of a collection of records wasn't mm-hmm. the same it was like and it a lot of people think it came with the laptops and right. that but it came way before when you could play cds in the club mm-hmm. and then everyone could get a cd and right. burn whatever songs on right. it you're like you have a cd that has 20 songs on it that you didn't pay for and i have those same 20 songs 
but they take up this much space in my record box and break my back. And they cost me a lot of money because I had to get them imported from America to get them as early as you were able to find them on Kazaa or Napster or whatever I mean, like, do you know what I mean? That's like the only difference is your copies get some American DJs shouting halfway through your song because it's a radio rip. But no, it was just such a, that's, it still does happen sometimes, mate. And when it, you can still get excited about music, but it's hard to get that, like, you know, like you're saying, going, oh, I had this thing. No idea what it's called. Don't know how to right. find it. And then, event, and then, like I said, like eventually it'll, it'll come out. Right. And you're like, oh, dude, he was playing that like Aye. six months ago. You become that guy. Like, do you know what I mean? You like, about that I, months I was, ago. I mean, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I knew about the killers, man. Like, just like dumb shit, like, but it's Aye. like, but what a, that's a real buzz about right. music mate do you know what i mean and like so, so when i even now if i'm a dj and i hear some other dj and they've got some shit and i don't have it i'm just like i hate that i don't have it but i like going right. oh there is still something out there that right. there's still some guesswork some detective work to be done mm-hmm. some digital digging right or you just dm him on instagram and if if he thinks Aye, you're a, if he thinks you're a big enough he thinks you get enough followers he maybe sends you but <laughs> if not he'll just pay you so i mean it's 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 a strange transition it's been a long ride that way that's what, so you, you get into the tunnel get a week and a foot in the door from there obviously you had a feeling that it was starting to kind of move somebody had gave you a week and a chance to get in there how did it then kind of snowball from there i think just like so the whole thing much like all kind of industries i think when especially if you're working for yourself and mm-hmm. you're in charge of your own you know your own brand as a person like mm-hmm. It's kind of like one thing leads to another. Right. It's like you do a thing, whether it's like DJing or whatever, and somebody's like, I heard he can DJ. I went and seen him. He can. I also need a DJ. Get mm-hmm. that guy. Aye. You know what I mean? And it's like, I kind of think it's similar to obviously to it, uh, uh, musicians will probably be like, oh, DJs, only musicians. But I'll bet, see, like comics, musicians, whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, especially stand ups. See, right. stand ups, you get stand ups, and someone's like, I saw him doing a show, he's fucking great. I want him at my club. Right. It's the same idea. So mm-hmm. you just need to get in front of people. And that's where that thing of like doing the first hour for somebody unpaid. Aye. The longer, as it goes and it goes, like, you know, a guy shows up another half hour late, you mm-hmm. end up working the dance floor a wee bit, half hour, it starts to get busy. I say a manager comes out and goes, oh, the wee man's still on. Like, he's all right. Maybe we could throw him like another what night during the week it's no as high pressure mm-hmm. and you start to build your rep like mm-hmm. that but because i was working with chris and martin they were so far on in the game and they were like so martin was also getting into like promoting events and promoting concerts mm-hmm. um so really quickly the big the big heartbreaking story is the first one was martin said i'm going to book dmx this one dmx was like the biggest mm-hmm. thing party up was like the biggest fucking record He's like, I got a chance to book DMX. I'm going to book DMX and put him in the barras, and you two can go on before him. I was like, I can't. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even in the door for maybe less than maybe a year max. Right. And he, he was like, when DMX comes to play, you two will go on before him. And I was like, I can't believe this happened. So we sell out the barras. Were you nervous? Are you, are you all right? Well, I mean, so I, this, I'll, I'll skip to the end. Say, didn't it happen? <laughs> so. We sold it out and right. me we sold it out <clears throat> me and chris took a lot of the promotion on we put all the kind of usual hang out and obviously a gig like that sells itself at that right. point huge artist but me and chris were like we got t-shirts printed with the details of the gig on it mm-hmm. and we would go through to edinburgh we like 12 years like the wu-tang clans just squad deep and go like go to all the hip-hop spots and just walk around 
Because hmm. we were only flying. Aye. We just all had the same Aye. t-shirt on. Aye. And people would be like, is that is this for real? Aye. So we sold this out, maybe whatever the bar is, 1900. On the day of the gig, DMX phones, and it's, it's not happening. It get cancelled. And this, this, I've supposed, I've, I've supposed to open for DMX twice and both times he cancelled on the day because he's a lunatic. But that's his, that's his own thing. But eventually, the DMX thing didn't happen. And then Martin came back and he said, um, I'm going to book Buster Rhymes. You can open for Buster Rhymes. And that one did happen at the Carlin. I mean, that's a no bad alternative to be here. Insane, mate. Just insane. Like, and that's what I'm saying. I was just like, man, I'm, I've, I've backed the right horse here. Aye. These guys are, like, these guys are like making moves here mm-hmm. and putting me in opportunities. So from there, Martin was like, you two need to do this shit. You need to be opening for artists, yeah. man. Um, Cause he was doing that and he was also bringing artists to the club, right. smaller artists. And I would always like, I would always say to Chris, we should get that whoever, whoever the artist is, we should, um, should get them to say a wee thing on a, a fucking mini disc player right. on a mic and we'll put that in a mixtape and it'll be, we'll be more like the Americans. Right. Like we'll have drops from artists saying we're the fucking biggest, best thing. And, um, and I said, then we'll try and get more opening slots. And then the, I'm trying to think of all the gigs, but we sort of became known as like these guys who are working with American artists. Mm-hmm. And then the Snoop Dogg thing happened, which is like, so I, I always say I went viral before going viral was a thing. Right. I went viral in an analog era. Right. You don't know the story. No. This is pretend. I mean, if I tell if I'm if I tell people as long as they're Celtic fans, if I tell people one story that resonates with almost any of Glasgow, it's this. So Snoop comes, and he's playing a show with the game at the Carlin. We went opening. We had nothing to do with the gig, mm-hmm. but we thought what we'll do is. We'll go down to the gig. We'll hang about at the back. We just need to find where they're staying. Right. Once we know where they're staying, we'll go and stake out the hotel because we just want to get Snoop to Aye. say something for the mixtape. Right. So get down there, find out where somebody's, find they're staying at the Radisson. Cool. Stake out the Radisson. When I say stake out the Radisson, we sat in the lobby from the date, like the morning after the gig, <clears throat> had breakfast, lunch and dinner in the lobby of the Radisson. So, you know, take the eye off the prize. And one by one, we infiltrated crew. Right. It's easy to spot Snoop's crew, right, when they come down. Aye. So Chris, my my partner in crime, he has this idea. He says, the new Celtic top is dropping mm-hmm. tomorrow. Right. So if we go to Celtic shop, they'll sell us the old ones for a tenner. This used to be a thing. He was like, he's like, let's spend a cut of hundred quid and buy we'll buy tops for all the squad. Mm-hmm. Start like buttoning them up. Aye. So we get there and I was like, right. There's a couple of key members like Snoop's uncle, Uncle Rio, mm-hmm. Junebug, like guys that are like Aye. really close to Snoop. Get the names in the back of the shirts, go back to the hotel, they're Aye. mulling about. Look, got you a gift. Drink when Snoop comes down, we can get him to do a wee thing for the mixtape. Yeah, yeah, I'll hook it up, I'll hook it up. Next guy, next guy. We're sending people back to the Celtic shop, get more tops, get more tops. Everybody's want everybody wants one. <laughs> but ready to go, we've got the we've got the Snoop. Mm-hmm. The Snoop number one. Right. The the hoops jersey. Uh and we just waited the whole day and like we're taught we were getting really pally with like all the crew and all the uncles and all the band and all that and it was like the end of the day and they said you know snoop's not leaving till tomorrow morning come back first thing in the morning i promise i promise you'll get it mm-hmm. and i was like this is it. he's going right. he's going to leave it like two right. in the morning we're getting home so we go back a couple hours sleep and we literally bounce back and maybe about three four in the morning 
and we stake it out again. And and there's ultimately Snoop comes down. By this point, a few other people have got a sniffy stain there, and there's quite a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Snoop comes down out the lift, and he's got you know a red mink on with a red mink bucket hat. Just looks to shit. Two security next to him. Everybody in the lobby, even people that are maybe just punters, stand right. up because like fuck, there's Snoop Dogg. Right. And the guy, this guy we've been dealing with, Mike, who was like one of the kind of managers close to him, mm-hmm. he, the security stop everybody and he just goes like, he goes, these two guys, these are the guys because we'd sent the top upstairs right, okay. and he snoops like, yo, he's like, come over. And he's like, what do you need? He's like, thanks for the, the gift. He's like, what do you need? I was like, oh, we just need a thing for the mixtape. Hold up this wee recorder thing mm-hmm. that I'd got. And he just does this drop, man. You know, this like, in a total snoop style, just like an incredible one liner like rims it like what's your name's this and that it says we're the greatest djs and then he's like thanks a lot for the top boost and i'm just like oh, i can't i'm just listening back to just it happened? listen back to it i'm like <laughs> holy shit man and you know at that point you're talking like drop like it's hot like just like really massive. in the zeitgeist right. he always is but so from that point on we put that in the mixtapes and people are like that's unreal that's right. so just like we always did these type of creative things to try and push our stock up we would get as a duo, we would get booked to play in Dundee and Edinburgh. And we were starting to get really busy with that, but we were always pumping out mixtapes and mm-hmm. trying to. So then the the next hack was we started trying, Snoop was coming back to do a headline show himself at Brayhead Arena. And we were like, we need, we need to get on that show. Mm-hmm. So we start talking to DF concerts and we are like, something along the lines of, we're those guys. When I say about going viral, by the way, so... The day after this happened, the first thing we did is physically went to the Daily Record, the Metro, and the Sun. Right. Because we had the photo with them with, with the shirt. Aye. So they don't really care about us getting the... the, 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 the <laughs> they don't care about them talking about us. They're like, there's a photo out Aye. there of Snoop. You can Google it right now. Of Snoop holding a Celtic top up in the photo. Yes. We give, them, we give it to the Metro, we give it to the Sun, and we give it to the Daily Record. And they all run it. Right? It was like a big story. And obviously, mm-hmm. like, in, in the Celtic sphere of fandom, it Aye. went tonto because they were like, this is legit. Aye. People have photoshopped all this daft shit for years, <laughs> but this is real. And it was in the papers and all that to the point where like, my dad was like, you know, he'd went into the town, I think, because we, we'd been up for about three or four days straight chasing down Snoop. My dad went in the town in the morning and he went, I think he phoned me, he went, it's on the front of the paper, I mean, it's on the front of the metro. I was like, holy shit, man. And then the, 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 the Daily Record was like a big spread in the right. um, the Raz or whatever Bev's column was at the time. And it was just like, it just, it was a real viral thing because people, like if they didn't know us for anything else, Aye. they were like, oh, you're, you're those two guys. Um, and I, I often think in this era, how much easier it would have been to get, we would have been on like, do you know what I mean? Like talk shows and shit like Every that fucking platform do you know what possible? i mean like people Aye. would have been like because it was re- it was such a thing and it ended up being in as the years went on ended up appearing in like maxim and all these mm-hmm. other magazines where it'd be like oh yeah famous u.s celebrities that uh supposedly support Aye. uk clubs Aye. and there's only a few of them that actually at that point that had the people like oh everyone says george clooney's a fucking whatever man you fan or something Aye. there was nothing to really cement it because the thing that cemented the snooping was that you know we had the photo and it went in the papers and the next day he was in london he went to manchester to do a show i think and then london after that yeah and he was on radio one with joe wiley Mm -hmm. 
and he was photographed leaving Radio 1 and he had the same red mink coat that I'm talking right. about, red mink bucket hat and the hoops on under it, <laughs> right? <laughs> and on the show, Joe Wiley goes, are you wearing a Celtic top? And he goes, yeah, yeah, some of my, some of my friends in Glasgow gave it to me and I was just like, this is real, this is, this is happening. Do you know what I mean? It was just bizarre. So we were like, we thought, we'll hit DF concerts and say, essentially, we are pal, Snoop loves Aye, us, we're the guys, mates. we should open this thing at Brayhead. And like, we were trying to name drop everybody we knew mm -hmm. at Snoop's side to the point, and DF were like, kind of saying, I think, it, I think they were almost like, if you can get somebody to confirm this Aye. from his end. So we were like, literally, on the like on the on the Google machine like well who's his agent? It's like we'll just phone William Morris in LA and ask to speak to Snoop's agent. <laughs> so we're just waffling down the phone in this accent saying, All you need to do is ping an email to this mob <laughs> and just co-sign it. And I don't know the ins and outs of what happened. All I know is about twenty-four hours before the Snoop gig at Bayhead, mm -hmm. Dave Corbett from DF phoned he went, You're on for Snoop tomorrow. And I was just like, Holy shit, man. I was like this is this is it man this right. is this is like this is the biggest thing i'm telling my dad man i'm like i'm like i'm doing fucking bread you know the water for snoop dog and my dad's like where the ice drink is and i'm just like i was like i don't know what's going on and it was like did you get nerves but see see with something like that be such a big because at that point yeah, also snoop dog was fucking yeah mate global how were you feeling like before it see to be honest i don't it's hard to put myself back there but i don't know if i did yeah, I was so, I don't know if, I don't, not cocky, but Aye. I was so confident of like, yourself. I was just like, well, who else are you going to put up Aye. here? Like, I was just like, Aye. I'm, I, this is, I, I'm mad if made this happen. Like, Aye. I'm just going to fucking kick this out of the park. Like, mm -hmm. and we were playing records, man, in front of like that. It was, it, when I look back, it was like a suicide mission. Aye. And the craziest thing was in true Snoop fashion. So they had like us in a, a kind of, riser thing out the front and then this big massive like like curtain thing you could see like a scrim you could see behind like mm -hmm. the artwork for snoop and all the band and all that but and every now and then a guy would just pop his head out from the curtain and go he's done a doing a half hour like an american guy right. part of snoop's crew and i'm like and i'm like i'm playing a finite amount of music here i'm playing <laughs> physical records we end up playing for two hours mate Jeez. which is like it's tough man because if you go to see a gig, we're all a bit older, you've got to see a cool support act. See when you're a wee guy and you want to go see Snoop Dogg, Aye. you don't want to see two bams of Glasgow Aye. just playing records. But we got it, we got it done and just digging deep in the crates. And like, I remember us getting off and I was just like, I can't believe we just did that. And the guy from Snoop's crew just came over with a bottle of champagne. And he just went, take that, enjoy it. He went, you dug us at a hole tonight. And I was just like, that's unreal, man. And we are just back, like, back at Brayhead, popping champagne, walking up, sitting in the stand, watching Snoop feel like, two seconds inside the stage and I was just like I was like I was like this I could just quit DJing now man I could just if that was that if somebody right, was like peak. by the way next it's all it's all done for here man like you're, you're you need to go back and just do something else like, so these were like I just had tastes of these experiences right. mate from like I quit an early stage right. but you know that thing like when they say preparation uh, luck is it's, it's preparation meets mm -hmm. opportunity it's like like you're saying like you can either get that opportunity and bottle it or right. you can just go right and just do this man right. and as long as you keep doing that like you know just be prepared like mm -hmm. if somebody used to phone me at the drop of a hat and right. say you know can you come do this mad gig if it's if it's a really good opportunity and you're not prepared you're going to kick yourself right. so that's like you know you just need to be ready for 
anything and that's like that comes from you know just knowing your music and just earning your stripes mate doing those right. first hours for guys and watching guys that are better than you and picking up and then when something comes along it's big and also capitalizing on it from a marketing standpoint mm -hmm. like see from there it was like right. it was like well we're the guys done snoop uh, so we should be the guys right to do this one we should be uh, it was right. like and the other thing that happened around that time was my dad's like a mad photographer so mm -hmm. he was always like take pictures take videos mm -hmm. and i had like a little camcorder thing and i would always be like you need to film this because right. like i was just if no one ever watches it i want to just Aye. like have it and i was doing the very early stages of like uh, iMovie and shit like that and mm -hmm. it would be like we put these videos out that in retrospect just look terrible but mm -hmm. see the point there was there was nothing to compare them to Aye. you know and people are just like you could just you could put it on youtube which was I put my first video on YouTube in 2003. It's like, that's mm. it. There was nothing on it. There, no, it was like a hosting no, site. And you could use that and link it for your MySpace and see when people are seeing like this tangible thing of like, anyone can say I played a gig last night, killed it. Mm -hmm. how, did, how did I know if I, no, either I wasn't there. No, that's no. the thing about DJing versus music and production. We need to do it every night no, because it goes away. No. It's just an experience. Mm -hmm so you know people can say oh like that record's timeless it's been around forever it makes money forever it's like Aye. everyone agrees it's amazing but you know you can have a great gig but the thing is you need to have another one the next night Aye, because you get i suppose people will go away and say oh you need to come back and see this guy and exactly. you're starting to scratch again you know when it's like there's not so to create certain things that are tangible like if so if i say to you now oh that gig with snoop was ridiculous you're mm -hmm. like i could i could pull videos up and be like you're like holy he's no lying Aye. And I always thought that was important because in an industry like DJing, where to be honest, the opportunity to to bullshit and mm -hmm. sell your product on just gassing yourself up, mm -hmm. I just always wanted to be like, you want? Do you want to see it? I was like, Aye. and I just I was I became obsessed with like filming what we were doing, Aye. whether it, anything that seemed like a cool experience or something that would get us to the next level. Because if we go in and we want the next thing. We have to show them the last thing Aye. or else it's just talk right do you know what i mean it's like that's what people like buy into mm -hmm. do you know what i mean and like i'm saying about it's transient when you do a gig like at a club you just do a gig and you leave and you know 90 percent, if not higher people are like that's fucking great what a Aye. great night Aye. it's not that they come up and say thanks like Aye. they just expect it they go to a nightclub and it should be good music and i mm. should have the best night of my life and then i just leave it's like it's not like Every time I do a gig, I get like, you know, 200 followers from my right. club going, mate, that changed my life. I right. just expect it as a component of mm -hmm. a night. So I just always thought like branding was important. And like, like I'm saying, just having the only thing that we could really have is tangible products. We weren't making music. It was just like putting out these videos right. of what we were doing and the kind of scale we were doing it on. And that's what pushed us on and on. And we ended up doing a bunch of supported. That became our like calling card. We supported like, Lloyd Banks and Chameleon Air. At the time, they were huge. We, we opened for Nelly Furtado at the Armadillo, which was kind of a left field for us because she was like a pop artist, but she was mm -hmm. huge at the time. And she was in the sort of hip-hop kind of... And making a Timberland and, and that stuff. That was Aida, so like, it was the promiscuous uh, like uh, tour. And that was the point. At that point, I would say Chris was kind of getting out of it a wee bit. Mm -hmm. And I was... But I thought 
this is who we should be opening for because mm. her audience is even bigger right she's a pop artist mm -hmm. and then that's when i said i need to just i need to play different stuff now right i want to be known like for to i can play any of any style kind of thing mm -hmm. but still like a hip-hop dj but right. just and because her crowd was like so when we opened for her we were playing like you know i love rock and roll and guns and roses and jackson's and all that because right. the clientele right. and people are just people are just like oh it's brilliant and i was like that's you want to open the market up again because you say mm. some you say to some people maybe snoop dogs a bad example you say to someone oh i opened for lloyd banks a g unit they're like don't know that is mate Aye. but at that time if you're like oh nelly fatara said number Aye. one record for like 10 weeks or Aye. something it was Aye, like huge. that's when i decided like not to leave the hip-hop behind but i was like i'm just gonna like diversify and play different kind of styles and mm -hmm. that was like it's probably the right thing at the time because hip-hop took a wee bit yeah like nosedive Aye came out of the main rooms so i've been lucky in those transitions i've made Aye. have you ever had obviously you, you've talked about like snoop and like nelly Furtado and have you ever had any really kind of gigs where you're like jesus christ man and just had a shocker played bad Aye. um i mean i'm pretty self-critical like you know it's it's probably not possible that anyone could think I was worse than I thought I was in yeah. a certain night. Yeah. I've done club gigs. I've never choked it like a big one, really. Mm. I wouldn't say you kind of just like, just, just you just kind of rise. You just have yeah. to be, yeah. just kind of have to posture up and like Aye. be, because if not, you get eaten alive, man. Aye. Especially at hip hop gigs, like you come out, like okay. I'm saying, you're like standing between them and the main act. Aye. And it's Glasgow, man. <laughs> you just go out and it's like, can be a predominantly male crowd sometimes. Aye. It's just a bunch of guys standing with their arms folded. Going, hiding place. And they're just going, do something then <laughs> do something and then that's when you need to be like grab the mic and just take control and be like well what if between now and you seeing snoop i just rip like you know 50 dmx they're like oh this is better than standing about with Aye. the music quiet like right so you just and you you know you win them over but in terms of club gigs i've i mean it'd be terrifying the amount of club gigs i've done since Aye. i started this it's like when i think it when you think about getting a gig it seems like a big thing and mm -hmm. i still am grateful for all my gigs mm -hmm. but it's very much like a job after a while yeah like you, i've probably there's probably only been few periods in my life out with the pandemic where i've gigged any less than four times a week since i was 22 it's a lot of times to head out traveling and things as well and there is, is nights there is nights where i go man fuck if if i was if i was managing this club i only Aye. bring me back Aye. but see the thing is i'm holding myself to a much higher standard than anyone mm -hmm. You're dealing with you're dealing with drunk people if people go the worst thing that could happen in a club gig or any gig really but specifically a club gig where mm -hmm. it's kind of yeah. like that business element mm -hmm. is someone comes out management comes out at like 2 a.m and goes like ah, where is everybody Aye. that's an hour of, that's an hour of spend Aye. that's when guys get sacked man that's Aye. when guys get bumped and what you need you just need not be that guy you just need to pivot Aye. work a crowd don't be pretentious or like selfish in your selection like everybody's got a position there mm -hmm. from the cloakroom bar staff management so you're you're left with quite a you know that's where certain anxiety comes in Aye. in terms of like if you if you like saying if you body man and it's like half one and you've lost you know 50 60 percent of the crowd like that's not good for anybody Aye. man so you can get bumped like Aye. real quick and, and i would be the same because mm -hmm. and i like to go back to the comedy like parallel comedians are judged 
every 30, less than every 30 seconds, almost mm. in a gig. Tell a joke. Is it funny or not? It's right. funny. Keep going. It's funny. Keep going. Oh, that was bad. That was All great. Right. Get them off. So it's kind of the same. Probably not. I'd get more respect for comedians because you don't have anyone else's material. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But you even think that like people are even a wee bit more forgiving of bands. People go and say, oh, it's right. It wasn't for me, but Aye. people get lively at comedy clubs and they're like, get them off. Savage crowd, isn't it? It's... It really is. People just, and it, it can be like that in a nightclub. Mm -hmm. People can be rude and be quick and be like, Aye. what's this? You know what I mean? Roll booze into the mix as well. I just like, it's people are real brave and, Aye. you know, it can kind of like, it can, it can knock you a wee bit. And you're like, oh man, I'm at, I'm doing terrible tonight. Aye. But experience kicks in and you're like, right, you know how to steady the ship. Mm -hmm. But uh, there is that element of like, Especially now, me and you probably come from an era where you weren't really in the club with your phone. No. You compete against no. the phone in the pocket. Aye. If you're not doing something interesting and engaging a crowd Aye. now, they can always just get the phone out Aye. and there's something on it, whether it's taking a picture of their pals, taking a story, thumbing through Instagram, whatever. Mm -hmm. Something to keep them entertained there. Aye. So you need to keep, you need to like feed that. You need to like keep them there with you. And right. it's much harder than it used to be. Right. I used to put a record on and let it rock, man. And mm -hmm. people were just like, oh, listen to Montel Jordan for fucking three minutes. <laughs> now it's like, if you see them wavering and you see the phones coming out, it's like, you need to do something, switch it and 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 get the next record <laughs> on and re-up and re-engage. So it's, uh, it's tough like that, man. So I'd said to you, I get so many questions in. I, don't, I can't believe anyone. Honestly, mate, I, I have the nosiest followers on instagram i think it's time uh, you put a new job up that, like, man, yeah ask them this ask that's them like this. The, i guess that's the purpose though mate because it's like they've got free reign man to just um, kind of <laughs> probably the one that got fired in about 600 times what's the most hated song for you that you always get asked for and you're like see i, I see see if someone went what's your favorite song of all time mm -hmm. it's almost that impossible question right, right. If somebody goes like that to me, hey, what's a song that always starts a party? Uh -huh. I always just say Jackson 5 want you back because it's just like, it does. Classic. It does. But see when it comes, I would say there is no, there's records I don't like. Aye. You know, and I, I, but I think the most, the worst thing is when a song is huge mm -hmm. and people ask for it, like, and I get it, but it's so not, it's like, it makes you start to hate it. Aye. It'll come back. Aye. So I love you and McVicker, but everybody's like, can you play, tell me something good. Can you play, tell me? It's like, obviously we're going to play it. Mm -hmm. I would be making my job hard if I didn't. Aye. And every moment you come over and either talk to me or flash your phone, it's just time out of my concentration here Aye. to say to you, I'll put it on it. Like Aye. it'll be on at like one o'clock. Like, like, so it's more like sometimes songs get so big in the current moment Aye. that you just kind of go, I could just go a night without playing that. I just I would love because it's just so just becomes so obvious and it becomes your I would rather the high point of my night was unpredictable Aye. rather than saying, Well, that's the one that's gonna go off more than anything. Aye. You know what I mean? Because then it's like it's just it just becomes dead kind of tedious. You're just building up to going right. Well, when you get to say two o'clock, they can mm. have they can have the Aye. I'll give yeah. them their dinner. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever <laughs> Here's your dinner? Do you like have you ever had songs that are massive and you know they're massive? But you've just never took to them. I thought you're just um there's things that there's things that I know definitely work right. Mm -hmm. There are huge songs right. that I wouldn't say I'm being like they're just I, just I don't feel like it's my my style Aye. or they're really obvious like and this people kill me for this right. 
But I don't see playing bits and pieces like it's so it'll work every time. Aye. But I never play it. Aye. I'll play it if it's a private event and mm-hmm. somebody with clout is saying Aye, this is my event, Aye. we want it on. Aye. But and it's no it's never been part of my repertoire because I just feel like it's it's so far removed for the clubs, it's literally like wedding music. Aye. So in a normal club setting, my normal club shit, I would, mm-hmm. I, I just like stuff like that. I just, and those kind of records, like God love George, but when people say, can you play GBX? I'm like, that's <laughs> neither a song nor a style of music. So it's like, I'm like, and they don't really make new Aye. things. Aye, it's it's same like, stuff every week. you know, and I'm like, I was there when it first came around and it's like, we're, we're past that. So nah, I'd say like bits and pieces and you're a superstar and. Uh, the, all these things I'm just like because you know it's it's a small portion of my audience their kids they're young Aye. men they want Aye. kids are like they want new shit and they also Aye. don't want to hear they want nights if I'm doing a club every week I need to push it I need to progress it I need to Aye. bring in new records like just shit in the bed and going there's bits and pieces Aye. Aye. There's, there's there's like losing your way and saying See, I would say, I'd say Mr. Brightside is the bits and pieces of indie music. It'll always, Aye. always work. But to me, I'm just like, it doesn't really have the same rep as bits and pieces. Like a karaoke song now, isn't it? Aye, it's... it kind of is. But still, kinda, not the bits and pieces isn't a great record. It's just had such, it's a Scottish thing as well. It's had such a ride in this country that Aye. it's beyond Aye. played out. Mm. So I would say stuff like that. I just, no matter, like if, if, Unless the owner, it's actually said to Aye. me, you need to play Aye, that. that on. It wouldn't matter who else asked for it. Aye. Unless they tip me like, you know, 500 quid or something. <laughs> I'd just be like, sit in defence, well, I need to play it. So, just, but other than that, no bits and pieces. What about, um, this is just for my curiosity, when you're mm-hmm. talking about R&B and that at the start, what's your kind of go-tos if you were thrown back to that kind of... That era. Era. 2000s and stuff. Uh, I mean, loads. see for me, so, so much of that stuff still bangs, still Aye. resonates. You know, Crazy in Love, Batman Scoop, Be right. Faithful, uh, actually tons of those records, Usher, yeah, Sean, any Sean, all the Sean Paul. I think they've all kind of stood the test. I think so, mate. Time I don't, wise. I don't, sometimes, sometimes, and obviously we like TikTok and things, mm-hmm. certain records just come back in right. and kids are going, oh, can you play this? And I'm like, you don't, you just know that from TikTok. But I don't care. It's an excuse to rip a classic. Definitely. And, you know. I was not around when it was like their own stones, but I still Aye. know most of the catalogue and I love it. Aye. So it's good for kids to get introduced to things and, and, you know, it's not just like whatever came out yesterday is the hottest shit. It's like mm-hmm. they go, oh, I heard this, like Timbaland, the way I are, had this resurgence on TikTok. And kids are like, do you know what this is? I'm just like, hi, man. <laughs> I was fucking, I was playing it when nobody liked it <laughs> like back in the day. Do you know what I mean? So, nah, I think that's cool when I, Certain records just they just transcend, man. right? Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Um, controversial one, and I'd, I'd forewarned you yeah, before yeah, yeah. we started. I don't so know how, how is it exactly worded. A lot of know. people said, "Ask him what his thoughts are on traditional DJs with turntables, etc." Mm. To somebody rocking up with a laptop. Okay, so just so I played records. Mm-hmm. I used turntables. Now. I'll use a laptop to contain my music, but I still use turntables to control it. Aye. So, and I, some nights I'll play using CD, CDJs or whatever. And then obviously the other, the newest evolution of tech is a controller, which is like a self-contained 
unit mm -hmm. gives you the same functionality essentially the thing is what i would say if i talk to you, if i talk to a young kid and i never had this advice mm -hmm. i didn't know anybody anybody could say to me what controller should i buy I'd say the cheapest one right. see if you're obsessed with it after six months of getting it right. get a better one right. don't ask your mum or dad to buy you like a three grand setup stupid mm -hmm. you'll sell it it's not that's not what it is like get the cheapest one if you cannot walk past it in your bedroom without jumping on it and doing a right. remix then you know you want to do this right. so it's then it's worth investing more money and you'll learn the, the same basic principles I, I play in turntables because for me it's the most fun way to do it mm -hmm. it's tactile the thing moves right. it pushes and pulls with you it's what i learned on it's what i'm the most effective on but it's all I see guys that are on CDJs that are unreal. You know what I mean? I see guys that do things with controllers where I'm just like, I don't even know how they're doing that. Aye. I've been doing this forever. Aye. But they've somehow worked out some sort of trickery with how controllers work versus traditional gear. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't even know how that kid's doing that. So that's amazing. Aye. The main thing it comes down to is selection trumps anything. Mm -hmm. Most technical DJ in the world will get, you know, his pants pulled down if the guy goes on after him, knows what tunes to play and when Aye. to play them. If you can't work that out, it goes back to what I was saying about emptying the club at 1am. Mm -hmm. If you can't work out what records to play and when to play them, you will not do this professionally. Aye. Aye. You just won't. So like I'm saying, a guy could come in and say, oh, by the way, I'm, I've got turntables and I do scratching. I'm Aye. this guy and I'm, I'm old school. If the kid that shows up is playing the right records for that audience and he's playing on this tiny little controller that, mm -hmm. you know, cost them 200 quid, They'll get him back, man. Right. So right. I don't really have a problem. There's there's no point in having, you know, any kind of snobbery around it because, you know, the nobody's watching a black and white telly. Right. Tech moves on and right. that's it. It's right. never going back. So you need to, I can jump on a controller and play. Mm -hmm. Is it my preferred tech to play on? Nah. Is CDJs? Nah. I, I love playing on turntables right. because I feel like I can, like I said, I feel like I'm the most effective version of myself i can mm -hmm. be like if somebody sees me on turntables they're just like i feel like that's the most likely point with them like oh that nah, i see Aye. i see why he's like, he does what he does like cdjs i play on them so much i'd say i'm i'm decent controllers i can work out the only thing that's strange and this kind of goes to the black and white telly thing is if a kid came in and they said it's just this mixer and these turntables Aye. he would have to say Oh, I can't play. Mm -hmm. They're not well versed in the gear. Aye. But like I'm saying, things are only moving forward. So Aye. that's a very rare circumstance. Aye. But you know, I I mean, I think everyone should I think it's everyone should try and Aye. play get a go on turntables because there's still guys that are at the forefront of DJing that use turntables mm -hmm. and are doing really like good creative shit. Aye. And I think people, the youth should watch that and be like I may like to get a go of that right. one time, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, nah, I, I don't really have a, it's futile, mate, to have a problem, Aye. to have a problem. With it. I just want people to come in with the right attitude to the, to the selection in the music. See, Aye. people are like, and just be like, just be keen and be like, I don't know, just be rabid mm -hmm. for, for new music Aye. and wanting to learn about music because that's, that's what ultimately will set guys that will have a good long run in it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's nice. Everybody's kind of been at somebody's house and be like, oh, you could DJ shit. Let me, get, let me get a shot of like that. You're always drawn to it. Aye, like, let me get a wee mm -hmm. shot. But some people just like, it's more like they're like, oh man, I, I just want to do this. And 
want to find new music every day mm-hmm. and the other thing is like they're like i want to find new music and why let people hear it i want to put it out to people right. once you've got that kind of bug i mean it doesn't really matter like this i mean all the guys that weren't all the house guys that were synonymous with playing turntables you'd be hard pushed to find right. any one of them that's right. not embraced new technology right and carl cox not carl cox loves it man four cdjs and every toy imaginable right. because it pushes his forward his creativity so nah, i mean i don't think i don't i don't know where it's going next but mm-hmm. well just a spotify fucking iphone <laughs> in the, iphone <laughs> in the corner mate aye, aye, no doubt um i really really can I, do you know what I mean somebody sends you a question like oh, shut the fuck up, it up. <laughs> somebody had asked if you were to go back and play in any kind of era or or mm. peak genre for any kind of type of music what would it be i mean like i kind of i would have loved to have a swing at playing hardcore clubs because mm-hmm. i was obsessed with that music Aye. it was my first entry i was just too young to be part of it Aye. but a lot of those guys never there was nothing really after it they Aye. either kept playing hardcore and they were at the forefront like scott brown that mm-hmm. a lot of guys that were huge names didn't transition well into mainstream Aye. I don't know why you just get it was such an association with certain names in hardcore mm-hmm. so it's kind of not a bullet dodged but i would have loved to have done it because i loved the music and i'd love to have presented the crowd and i felt like even when i was young i was like i could do this Aye. i could play you know rk or so whatever like Aye. um but i never really got that swing but other than that if you're talking about like i love like 80s stuff mm-hmm. see like see when i hear some 80s tracks and i'm like Wow, man, what would this have been like in a nightclub, man? <laughs> we're like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, see when you watch like old 80s movies and you just think like, see some of these jams, man. Yeah, Imagine yeah. hearing them like people dressed up with all the pure gear on yeah, and you're just thing. like, not like seeing people go to like a mad throwback 80s club. Yeah. Imagine being in the thicket though and you're hearing like fucking like Steve Winwood, high of love and people. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, <laughs> imagine being that guy. Do you know what I mean? It's such a weird era of music as well. There was so much different stuff going on. Whereas like in a disco era, everyone was like, disco days people are just they were all over the place Carnage. man do you know Carnage. what i mean and uh, i'm just like i can only imagine some of the scenes that happened in the, the 80s that oh. i'm talking see when i say that i'm thinking about maybe i'm playing like miami in the 80s i'm aye. not talking about playing like you know Scarface. I, I, i'm not talking about <laughs> playing like oh, i man, glasgow in the 80s like, nightclubs because <laughs> i can only imagine man do you know what i mean i don't think it was uh, i think it was murky i think it was murky back then but yeah i probably like some 80s just doing a night just like mad 80s shit man that'd be good what about kind of dream dream venues that you've that you've no played that you would love to um yeah i mean like i've never played i never played i played darmadillo i never did anything sec mm-hmm. i've never done something at the hydro it'd be a something to tick off right in this city but mate it's such a weird thing like you're just like a, I just think i'm up your gun for hire right like I just I like doing different things, but I've just done like the the weirdest things. Like I always thought, like and tra- I like traveling as well. Like mm-hmm. so, anytime I've been traveling, like anytime somebody's like, "Do I come all the way out here just to play records?" Right. It's mental, so stupid, man. Like in a way, <laughs> but it's like the it's the craziest thing. That's all they want you to do when you right. get there, and they'll give you money. It's like, I, but I don't know. I don't mean nothing's ever enough, but it's like you just. I always thought if I could play in Vegas one time, Aye. I could like just be like retire. Aye. And then I played in Vegas and then I was like, oh, it'd be good to play in Vegas again. Like it just wasn't enough. Aye. Like there's no milestone. So, and you can go somewhere that's meant to be, oh, it's going to be like a great gig and it just falls short. Mm-hmm. 
and you can just go to your Saturday night, man, and just Aye. something's in the air, man, and you just rip it, and you're like, you just think, well, it doesn't get any better than that. Aye. Does it get better than, like, just, you know, a couple hundred people, like, 20 minutes from your house, and at the end of the night, lights are up, everyone's singing, and you're just like, that's what I'm saying, gun for hire. It's like, they just, just put them in front of me, man, and Aye. I'll just see what I can do. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, everybody would love to do the fucking, like, the pure AOK type Aye. festival Aye. shit, man, but... It's, I just, you know, I feel like if things come along and just kind of, like I'm saying, I don't mind playing, I do so many weird different things from mm. clubs to events to like corporate things, like Aye. it's all just a puzzle to be Aye. solved, mate, do you know Aye. what I mean? I think, put it this way, you know, these guys, that, that every time they go and DJ, it's like that AOK shit. Mm-hmm some nights he's bored of that Aye. that's that's facts like Aye. some nights he's like or some nights he's going oh do you know what i'd love to do that we 400 cap sweat box in glasgow man and just be right up close Aye. to the people so it's like it's all about variety and mm-hmm. your stuff do you know what i mean so it's like, you know, that's why and every time somebody picks up the phone it's like do you like i'm doing this thing Aye. i'm like play records for money I'm, you kind of get over it Aye, sign me up Stop your hack, man. It's Aye. like imposter syndrome. <laughs> That's what it's like. It's just the most ridiculous. Even this long into it, no? Me, I get it. I still get it all the time. I, I feel like I'm a kid. Like, I just, it's so dumb. I get imposter syndrome all the time. I feel weird taking people's money because it's like, not that it's easy and the experience is what makes you worth paying the money because mm-hmm. somebody's like, oh, they'll keep my crowd here, they'll keep my tills ringing. Aye. But realistically, it's like, that's why, you know, I didn't know if you were going to say to me as I rent about a job, it's like bad or that, but there is obviously late nights can be tough and mm-hmm. there's different aspects to it. Like I say, imposter syndrome or certain performance anxiety, like getting stressed about stuff. But see, realistically, man, it's like if you catch people moaning about this job too much, Aye. it's like you need a slap, man. Like, <laughs> see, when like my dad's like just he worked in Rolls Royce, like just a typical guy, worked his way up, just a grafter. Mm-hmm. Before that, my dad, like, like worked he's like worked in the m1 like he's he's done all these mad jobs you're digging ditches right. and crazy stuff and then he's like first time you bring home a check for playing records he's like just keep just keep doing right. that man if you can get someone to pay you for right. you don't get dirty like you can't you just can't even moan about it it's just uh I, that the imposter syndrome is like it feels ridiculous especially because you don't write the tunes man not that criticism it's it's like it's other people's music so there's only and and for that reason there's only so much like you need to check any ego you develop right do you know what i mean it's just like it's just fucking just rock and play other people's music pick the right records people dance don't you can't just you can't i don't want to say any crude stuff but you just you can't like get a big head or feel yourself too much it's ridiculous man that's when you see some of these big djs man like stand up like jesus man you're like like that get, it, you're like it's easier to play for fifty thousand people than mm-hmm. it is to play for fifty people. Aye. That's they all know that. Aye. Especially if they came to see you. The thing is as well, if you've got fifty people, you hear everything. Exactly, mate. And they look right. Look, see the whites <laughs> of their eyes, man. Aye. And like, it's in Glasgow they're, they're as just well, going, bits, what's happening with the bits and pieces, mate? Aye. What's happening? Like, come on. <laughs> it's tough, mate. That's a true test where it's like I've done gigs where it's like so many people I can't even see anybody like I can't really make anybody out it's like you just you just go on autopilot and, no, yeah. and every time you play a record you just hear ah. it's no. like it's no bother man 
you know what I mean? But the ones where you're really in the trenches, man, aye. that's when you've, you've, if you can really hold your nerve and like, aye, it's a different ballgame, but aye, so Aoki should come and play club, <laughs> man, see what, he's, see what he's really got. And what about, um, what about guys at the kind of age you were at when they, they came out of school and that, and it is a passion that they've got and it's something they want to get into. What would you say to them advice-wise for kind of trying to, to get themselves established and... and just, I mean, like, first of all, it's, it's dead easy to get some some gear and mm-hmm. get started. Get it, try things, experiment. I mean, I was doing it with no no manual, as in, like, no YouTube tutorials, no. nothing. Just figure it out. And then, this is, like, old-school advice, but I think it still works. You know, like, say you want to play at Sanctuary. Start going to Sanctuary. Aye. Just go Aye. and introduce, go and introduce yourself to the DJs. Don't be over the top. Just say, I'm a DJ, man. Here's a SoundCloud. Do you want to listen to my shit? Mm-hmm. Do you want to drink? In. Just Aye. make roads in because Aye. in any other industry, especially something like this where it's the nature of it's quite social, people are going to work with people they like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just that. So just come in and, and try and, and also I've had people message me on Instagram and say, like, they'll follow me and then mm-hmm. I'll get a DM straight away and I'll be like, uh, how would I go about getting a gig in Sanctuary? And mm-hmm. I'll be like, I'm just like, and I maybe go, do you like, I'm, I don't even want to ask it. So I go, do you go to the club? Aye. Because if you do, it'd be much better to just come and say hi. Aye. And two, it's just like, it's almost just, you've just picked a bunch of like spots and went, let me see how you get in there or who the guy is. Aye. Whereas I'm just like, if you'd came in and I'd seen you in, mm-hmm for weeks and weeks and weeks and right. weeks at least you know what i do right. so then it's like you've seen the blueprint to an extent but people kind of treat it maybe like another job in the sense of like and see with creative industries a lot of it's like just bang doors mm-hmm. but bang the door and then go through it and right. meet the guy on the other side and, right. and just just shoot the shit because i'm like you know I'm quite happy to like give people the cheat codes Aye. man. I don't care like Aye. like I'm saying the very first guy I ever approached just was like Aye. go and it's always stuck with me I'm just like if you ask me a question I'll just I'll tell you the answer mm-hmm. do you know what I mean and it's like whether or not that's something you want to act Aye. on or if you if that's a like if the with the graft involved with that's something you want to do but mm-hmm. I it doesn't really what do you get out of being like nasty to the next Aye. generation because Aye. they are the next generation i'm not going to do this when i'm, when I'm like i'll probably do it on 50 minutes i don't i'm out of options <laughs> but like i'm you know what i mean this has got to come through Aye. and i want i want glasgow and you know especially as a market to you know have always have a thriving Aye. music club scene so you can always learn from other people as well it's me I, I you know i i, I still love like watching DJs like guys like in America and stuff and mm-hmm. I'm always just watching what they're doing especially during the lockdown loads of guys were doing streams right. like good chance to see guys that I look up to and guys that I like and I mean I'm I'm, I'm there's guys obviously like Jazzy Jeff's in his 50s like but I'm I'm quite old in the game right. for this I, there's still guys I like look up to and right. say like I want to see them like rock up get on Twitch and do two hours mm-hmm. and just like listen to what they're playing and be like fuck man I was never probably right. doing that it's not a bit like copying. It's just like the whole thing is about soaking up the game. That was the best thing I got to do was do first hours mm-hmm. for guys that were way ahead of me. Because right. I just I just learned through being there, and I would ask Chris. I would say, "Why are you like Why are you playing that?" Like, and he'd be like, "He's like, because you can't just go up and up and up and up right. and up and up. He's right. like, you need to create dynamics. You right. need to take them down and take them up. 
And then I would do the warm up and he would say to me, like, I see before I go on, like, play some new shit. Just give him some new shit. I want it, mm-hmm. I want everybody to calm down and Aye. think about what was this record, what's that? And he's like, because when I go on, I'm going to hit them with. Aye. And I was just like, all right, cool. Because the assumption would be to warm up and impress somebody, you would Aye. be like, you will feel throttle. And I've definitely done gigs where I'm just like, there's been a guy on before me and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> what do I play now then, Aye. buddy? Aye. I'm so impressed that you've played all <laughs> the tunes, man. Let me thank you for my next event. But that's just not, they've just, that's just someone who's no soaked up the game Aye. properly. Do you know what I mean? Learned how to, I still do, I still open for DJs and do things like, the thing about everybody needs to be pulling in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And that's what's good about working in a creative industry and why the, the this nightclub game is exciting. See, when you get a team that are making, putting together a venue or putting together a night and everybody's got their role to play, but they're all excited about Aye. it. Because what you're trying to create is an experience mm-hmm. that people are hopefully going to come and enjoy so see when everybody's like, oh, this will be amazing. We should Aye. we should put all this time in, all this money in. Mm-hmm. Why? Because people are going to come here. Yes, they're going to spend money. I get it. But, you know, you, you, you're you looking at all these details about projects Aye. for events or venues and you're like, it's like when you go to a concert and, you know, the last song is off and it's fucking fireworks shooting and confetti. Aye. That shit costs a fortune. You'd still go if it didn't have it, but it just adds to it. You know what I mean? So when you memories on it, when you've got Aye. like creative people all pushing in that same direction, it's like that's when you think like, ah, oh, this is quite a good. Aye. It's a nice sector to work in. Mm-hmm. Like workplaces can be toxic. Aye, hundred percent. You know what I mean? So like to to be like I'm saying again, there's no point in getting your nose at it. Like everybody should just be we're just we're just trying to make good times for Aye. people. So Aye. surely the making the making the good times should be a good time. Aye. So when the idea of being in this and being like fucking hard to work with is just, Aye. just be, that'd be my biggest, be chill man, be easy to work with. Just don't get above your station. Just soak up the game everywhere you can. Aye. Slide me a DM man. Give me Aye. a gig. <laughs> Mate, this has been unreal. Do you know what this is? It's, it's actually all my to how it works because you do, it's a profession that I've probably looked at. Even when you're in clubs and that, and you kind mm. of think, how have they got to this space? Mm. Like, what's what's the the story until then? And yeah, man. Like the way you're saying, you never think about the DJs that are in for the first tour, and oh, that's man, yeah. that's everything to them at that point. But yeah. there's maybe only forty people in there, but yeah. it's about building that that foundation. Yeah, that'd be like the that's you know what I mean. It's like the next guy. That's what you know. That thing about I don't I'm like. Everybody goes to a gig and they see. I don't. I, I won't say okay. I'll say somebody else. And mm-hmm. I feel like okay, he's getting in the night. Like they go to see Swedish House Mafia, they all everybody's seen them, they know it was them. Aye. They're the heroes of the night. Whereas, like, it goes back to that thing. It's like you go to a club, what do you expect to be there? Lights, booze, music. It's all a given. Aye. And like I'm saying, it's not like I'm taking like, you know, fucking high fives all night when Aye. I finish. Some nights people come up and go, Me, that was really good. And Aye. it goes a long way because they don't have to say that. It's it's expected. It mm-hmm. should be good. Yeah. Club should have got curated the right dj to come in and fucking kill it on a saturday night it's a given so not that it's like a like a, a thankless task but it, you know it, it is what it is i wouldn't say like we're unsung heroes mm-hmm. but you know you're right it does go you know it can go kind of unnoticed but i'm kind of i'm kind of cool with that man right. like i've done gigs where i've been up on a stage and done a big thing and i'm still like they still don't really know who i am right. like i still need to like Aye. do something and again it's not like 
when I leave here, I'm going to somehow be famous overnight. But I just, I don't care, man, because it's like, it's like, proof is in, like, if someone finishes, and even if they don't come and say it, Aye. if they feel like they had a good night, that's it. Like, Aye. that just is it. And when you're doing residencies, that show is in, like, cool, right? I wonder how many people come back Aye. next week. Like, I've done, you know, someone, uh, a girl came up the other night, and she went, uh, I need some, like, old school R&B. And I went, we need to establish what old school is. <laughs> she went, well, I'm 25. And I was just like, right, cool. That gives us something, right? <laughs> I said, where did you go clubbing when you were younger? Mm-hmm. And she said, Light. She went, oh, I went to Light, as if this was a throwback. Now, Light is a club <laughs> on uh, uh, Royal Ex- just off Royal Exchange Square. Um, that was one. It's now called Rumour. And before that, it was called Carbon. Uh-huh. And Carbon was a big deal. And I'm like, yeah, I did carbon from the day it opened to the day it closed. <laughs> so before it was even called what you think it's called, I did like what, I don't know how long it was open. You know, I probably played for like your big sister, Aye. potentially your mum. So it's like, but what I'm saying is when I, and I, and then I think to myself, in my whole tunnel era Aye. was before that. So I'm talking like having runs at clubs for like, I mean, I'm at Sanctuary for like, like Kokomo for eight years now, mm-hmm. Sanctuary coming up on nine years did six years here the, the years just fly right. by but you know that's like that's what it is man it's like you, you, you're consistent like if you have a night that is flying for mm-hmm. years like then that's you think to yourself right cool man i'm onto something right. here like i've built something and I'm, I'm going in and i'm rolling my sleeves up and try and make it work every week don't get me wrong i'd love people to just be like oh you you know you can be right. famous off that shit right. but you don't you don't know you can name a famous glasgow resident no. Maybe in the ni- maybe in the nineties, everyone Aye. would say, you know, uh, the Tunnel Boys like Kilke and all them, Tevendale. They were kind of like they were kind of famous, but you just of, remember the tunes. Well, I we're like or the nights you would go Aye. on. Oh, Thursday night was good. That's what people say to me. You know that that happens. People say, oh, I used to go to Carbon on a Thursday. I, I used to be the best Aye. night when I was young, and I'm like, that oh, was me. And they're like, oh, I don't even know. Don't you know your name? Don't even know your name, mate. Just I did that. You know, one of the, if you, one of the uh, gigs I, I did that was like insane was the, the stage at T they had called the Pam stage. You know, I had it for one year and they had it all weekend. But on the Thursday night at T obviously there's nothing on mm-hmm. other than the slam tent. So it was an alternative slam tent. They had this outdoor stage and I ended up getting booked last minute and supposed to do two hours and it got cut down. They said, you're just doing the last hour. So I was like, even better. Just smash through tunes, right? And everybody was playing. Everyone on before me was playing house, and I don't just play house. I play like mad shit, mm-hmm. all types of shit. And my mate was there, and I was kind of about to bottle it. I went, "Jig, I should just play house. I should need rock the boat here." Mm-hmm. He went, "You need to just do you, mate. Or you're going to regret this." Go on. It's not really that many people. This video's online. I'll go up there, start ripping it, man. Fucking house of pain, hip hop. You know housey stuff everything eventually just it's it's slammed man and i'm just like buzzing off it right it's insane i come off my mate shows me all the video footage i'm like what the fuck i was like it's insane man and then i meet people down the line that talk about tea and i say like oh did you go this year yeah 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 i said do you remember there was an outdoor stage in the third i said did you camp yeah did you do that did you go to this outdoor stage in the the first oh that was fucking i was like oh that was unreal like and I'm just like, 
still don't know who. Like, no uh, one's going, you're uh, that guy. They're just uh, like, there's just like a wee <clears throat> heat. Just a wee heat in a wee <laughs> box that was like giving you this like long lasting memory. And I wouldn't even go, oh, that was me, by the right. way. I'm just like, I oh, was a good stage on it. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, you don't even say it. So it's just like, but that's the thing you go, that, that's, that's like, do you know what I mean? That's currency, man. It right. just kind of feeds his feeds his soul, man. Do you know what I mean? Then, yeah, I mean, then. aye, good times, man. Superb, mate. Honestly, <laughs> what a story. Um, I can't wait for this group because there's so many people have messaged about wanting to get into this industry, and if you can't pick anything up for this episode, then I don't think DJing's for you. I mean, I, I'm honestly like, I've, I'm just what, not what I would say. I, I just kind of care about it. Mm-hmm. I care about DJ and I care about the craft, which is why I can talk like this a hundred mm-hmm. miles an hour. I just can never, I just love kind of talking about the industry and talking about it as a job. And I'd like, if anyone did want to talk to me about doing it, mm-hmm. I, I could chat shit all day, man, and help them. Cause I just feel like, you know, if you get in and you're passionate, mate, I mean, you can, you can make it, you, you right. can make it your job. Right. People from school still add me. <clears throat> meet them after years and years and years what are you up to now i'm just like bear in mind i was like the dj in school and if you're i'm like still just the dj shit and they're like (laughs) no but what's your what else you do i'm like nothing and just chill and they're like nah like as if how did you do that and i'm just like just didn't spend all my money and like just you know what i mean like hard enough man i don't know how guys a lot of guys do a day job but nah man i don't have the stamina (laughs) i need a lie in man Oh, superb, mate. Brilliant. Appreciate it, bud. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, honestly. Cheers.